you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast puts up video game numbers. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I haven't even played a video game in probably 15 years. Well, you could still put up video game numbers, not literally... But just it, what that means is that you're you're excelling at such a high level that the only way that could ever happen is in a, a fake world. Right. I mean. Oh, that's what that means. Yes. So you shouldn't. Oh. Yes. You shouldn't take all those money tags literally. I was. Most of them that are complete know, nonsense. She did not write murder. You know what I mean? Like everyone is not official. Well, thank you for now. I feel you know I've I've been <laughs> taught a lesson and a good one. I haven't played a video game in 15 years at least. Thank you. What else? What else is going on with the forty-something side of the table today? Yeah, we got uh, yeah, well, <laughs> a nice off day. You kids with your video game systems. <laughs> Welcome uh, to another edition of the show. This is a Wednesday program. Uh, it's very exciting. We actually just before we started taping, we did our NFL Now segment, a whole separate segment. Consider it like the uh, around the NFL podcast bonus feature, where we talked about five things we're excited about for Week Eleven. Uh, so you can check that out over on NFL Now. I want it now. Is that how it goes? I want the whole thing. The whole no, thing. Uh, yeah, wait, we have our own folder there, though. Oh, yeah, we have our That's own folder. That's the thing. It'll be in that folder. And if you guys just go to that folder and start clicking on the videos, and you don't need to watch them, frankly. Well, that was a step-by-step step instruction <laughs> on how to. I'm just saying, know. don't worry about watching them. Just put one of them on and let it keep running into the next one. And if all of you do that at once, it'll show the power of around the NFL. I read one of my, Mark's <laughs> high-octane articles yesterday. He knows. And he – Link to Scout's Eye with Daniel Jeremiah. I spent the next seven hours watching NFL Now videos on my off day. 
<laughs> that's not true at all. Good for you. <laughs> you have a genuine issue. You don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> no one's going to. And uh, anyway. Unless you weren't a liar. <laughs> it's very credible that a person would spend that much time on NFL now. Yep. Uh, and also, of course, continue. Send your postcards, people overseas, to uh, the Commish at uh, Park Avenue to get us to London next year. And also on iTunes, uh, the I guess TD. How you doing, TD? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? What's up? I would guess that the best of 2014 awards could be handed out at any time. So I think one way to do it is maybe if, if not the list... any time. It's usually at the end of the year. Okay, you know? but <laughs> go over, go to the iTunes page if you can. Uh, give us five stars. Throw some comments up there uh, in a positive situation. You know, just get the Around the NFL podcast out there. Force their hand, basically. Basically, put put. Put them in a spot where iTunes, they're not a big company. They can be intimidated easily. Put them in a spot where they feel like they need to support us. We're, we're an underdog, too. We're the NFL. So it's like two underdogs <laughs> battling. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so today's show is going to be a, a fun one. We're going to – we've gotten a lot of uh, input on Twitter, uh, people telling us, when are you going to start sticking the fork in some teams? Well, you asked for it. You got it. We're going to be sticking fork in – Count them, 10 teams. More than that. And what we – well, we've already done three. Oh, okay. And if uh, people are not familiar with that, when we stick a fork in a team, we, we are saying that they have no chance, 0% chance of making the postseason. Hence, their season is effectively over. Get ready. Go on your vacations. Uh, start training and get ready for 2015. So we're going to go through 10 new teams that are so, done. So we're telling like 40% of the listeners you're done. It You're doesn't mean no, you should you should stop listening to the podcast though because yeah, that, you never right, know. That's not the angle we're no, okay. trying. People to don't come it. here for football anyway. <laughs> you sure about for that? entertainment. Well, I think mostly football and then a little mirth, a touch of mirth probably. <laughs> I think it's mostly the mirth. Uh, so yeah, we'll do that. We're also gonna we're gonna quickly we're gonna check in on the MVP race, which is a very good one this year. Last year by this time, everybody knew Peyton Manning was going to walk away with that award for a fifth time. Uh, this year, Manning is definitely in the in the mix, but there are other players, other stars that you could e- make an equal case for. So we'll go around the horn real quick and see who's uh, who thinks uh, who's make their picks. I can't speak anymore for the MVP. Uh, so far, or who they predict will by the end of the season. You understand what I'm trying to say. You just don't like how it's coming out of my mouth. I agree with you. And, what we're, the <laughs> going on and we're also going to uh, do our uh, what we do every Wednesday, the Thursday night preview. This is a good one between two AFC East teams, the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, big showdown uh, in the AFC wildcard playoff picture. Greg keeps on talking about the AFC East as, as a division that's wide open. That is not the case, obviously. The Patriots will win 12 games. Uh, but these teams have a chance to win the mm. wildcard. Are we still in the intro? I just wrote like a whole email <laughs> while you were talking. So, uh, oh, well, thank you for being plugged in on the show, boss. Uh, so let's now get into uh, the news, which we start every single well, not every show, but many shows. TD, how you doing, buddy, once again? Doing good. Glad to be back. Good, yeah. Are you feeling better? I am better. And I wasn't, like, off work on a Sunday. You know, I was still <laughs> working. I wasn't on the sideline. I was in the press box. Let's put it that way. Okay. You know? You're not contagious or anything. I am not. Okay, good. Let's, uh, let's do some news. Way. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. <laughs> the immortal Randy Moss. That's how it is over here. All this... All the success we're getting, NFL Now videos, straight cash, homie. Mm. <laughs> who's who's getting the cash? Uh, uh, you guys are it. No. All right, so <laughs> TD is all the money is being funneled straight to TD. He's supposed to be like splitting it up. It's all going straight into his Chase account. More off days in his future. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's start uh, the news in St. Louis, where 
the Austin Davis era is over, at least now anyway. The quarterback that had been pumped up as potentially the next Kurt Warner could not keep a job for more than a couple of months. He's now been benched in favor of Sean Hill, who, of course, started the season as the Rams starter before being injured in week one. He had replaced Sam Bradford, who blew out his knee for his second time in as many years. Big old mess in St. Louis with the quarterback situation. So now they turn back to St. Louis. And, gentlemen, this is a St. Louis Rams team that's been pretty good, just has not had good quarterback play. This is why if your team gets forked, you still listen to the Around the NFL podcast. Because when everybody else was calling this guy Tom Brady and Kurt Warner, we said he's the next Case Keenum. Well, I think he's a lot better than Case Keenum. I mean, a Case, lot better. Yeah. Case Keenum's struggling to stay in the league. I might be, I'd be a little surprised if Keenum's in the league in two years. Austin Davis, I think, is going to be a backup for a while and showed a lot of good things this year. I think it's a sign from the Rams that I don't think it really matters. You're flip-flopping between <laughs> quarterbacks. No, I'm serious because they are absolutely, at best, they re-sign Bradford at a different cost to come back into camp, but they're going to draft a quarterback. They have to reboot the machine entirely. Austin Davis has probably proven enough to stick around in the system. Fisher likes him. But, what, I mean, the Rams, what, what are we expecting from the quarterback position from Sean Hill that, we're, that we wouldn't have gotten from Austin Davis at this point? I think they have a chance to beat anyone. I mean, they're playing. They deep. have beaten teams, but not because of the quarterback. Right, but that's why. They're, they were trying to hide Davis the last few weeks. He started out pretty well, and they really stayed away from him. If they can get anything out of their quarterbacks, I mean, I think they're going to be one of the tougher teams to play down the stretch. Stop. Did you watch them? I mean, their defense is good, but not because of the quarterback, though. That's what we're saying. You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. Right, but you can't hide him that bad. Sean Hill can give them even a little bit better. At this point, they weren't even running a passing offense, and they're still beating teams like the Seahawks, like the 49ers, and and almost pulling off a win over the Cardinals. There are only like eight or nine teams in the league you'd rather see on your schedule other than the Rams. They're not that good. I disagree now. I would put them right in the middle. With Sean Hill as their quarterback. Yeah. All right, so moving forward, the Miami Dolphins have made some strides on offense this season under new offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, your boy, uh, Sessler. However, wow, that was a surprise. <laughs> I like that. We're keeping that in. Taking me some time to get back no, to let's get... these guys. What I meant to say was. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, the, that's that the was... laser sounds associated with Bill Lazor. Uh, but although there have been strides made on offense, uh, NFL media's Jeff Darlington did some poking around down in Miami, and according to several Dolphins players he spoke to, Lazor's, quote, abrasive tenor with several starters has worn thin and has led to a growing rift in the locker room. Uh, also, there's another quote, an inconsistent identity on offense is internally magnifying the issue. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll start with you because you, uh, you spoke with Bill Lazor before the season started. You've, you've been a supporter of him going back several months now. Uh, what do you make of this? I remember when we spoke, and it was only for you know twenty minutes or something. But when we brought up when I brought up Ryan Tannehill, he talked about how raw he was, and he just had to push and push and push, and he was going to be on him every single day. And I don't think I would be, I would bet this is not coming from Tannehill. Whatever Darlington's hearing this from certain players, I bet it's coming from some veterans that aren't used to being pushed this way in, in a new scheme that's asking them all to do something different. I think it's good for the Dolphins. This is a team that last year absolutely stunk on offense. What do they average, like 16.9 points per game? You can never count on the offense to do anything. This year they're showing some explosiveness. And, they're, listen, they're winning. I mean, let, I, I don't Duh, know. Duh, winning. I don't, yeah. think it's a, I don't think it's something that you Charlie would 
look at Laser and say he's the issue. Yeah. It kind of uh, reminds me of Deshaun Jackson, how all he can do this year is talk about how bad his experience was with Chip Kelly, and he had his best year of his career with Chip Kelly. So maybe you don't really like it, but it's working. Mike uh, Wallace is definitely one of the unnamed players, has right? To be. <laughs> I wish I was in the room and Mike Wallace told Jeff Darlington <laughs> that he didn't like his coach's abrasive tenor. Poor Mike Wallace. That would have been great. We have no evidence of this. It just feels like that because they still have not – they've never found a way to truly cash in on his talents in the two years he's been there. Well, but that's not – that's not Bill Lazor's fault. That's Ryan Tannehill being one of the worst vertical throwers in the NFL. I mean, they get him open once or twice a week going deep, and they miss it every time. After a while, I don't blame Lazor for just calling those little dumps, dump-offs. Moving forward. So Des Bryant, his contract is up after the season. Uh, there's been a lot of reports in the last couple of days about uh, maybe offers that the Cowboys have made that haven't had a lot of guaranteed money because the team perhaps has some concerns about how Bryant might spend that money or how he might act. The Ian Rappaport reported Sunday about some parties going on at his house that led to a, a baby being locked in a car. That was weird. He also had his house broken into, things of that nature. And uh, on Tuesday, excuse me, on Wednesday, Des Bryant made it clear that he's not going to be taking any pay cuts if he's going to stay in Dallas, and he's not going to take a sweetheart deal so he could wear the star. His quote, don't test my loyalty. Des Bryant playing hardball, as he should. Yeah, he should. I mean, what, what's this guy done? He stayed out past midnight on a Friday in London? Well, we have no idea, but to me, Jerry Jones has shown in the past, in the 90s, he's going to play players that are great. I mean, it, has Des Bryant done anything that the 90s Cowboys weren't doing? You know, <laughs> oh, forget about those it. Those guys did way worse than that's, Des, Des That's Bryant. all I'm saying. So if you're a great player, you're going to get paid. How about Hollywood Henderson? Why don't we talk about him a little bit? Jerry I don't know. Jones wasn't there for him. <laughs> I don't know about babies being locked in cars or whatever it was you just mentioned. <laughs> that something. doesn't sound fantastic to me, and I'm not sure that's attributable to Des Bryant. But come on here. Of course they're going to pay Des Bryant. Here's the thing. like the, the Cowboys were loyal to Des on some level when he was struggling in his younger years. But he's been a good soldier for two years. Even he, that stuff was always overblown. Always overblown. He produces year after year. He stays on the field. He's a big-time player for them. And if the Cowboys don't make him one of the top five, top three highest-paid wide receivers in the league, some other team would love to do it. So Cowboys got to be careful here. Don't get too cute in the Dallas go- negotiations. Dallas has been saying since Greg and I went to Orlando for the coaches' meetings and before before that, they're going to pay him. They've right, but never they wavered off that. Yeah, but they've never shown him a realistic it's offer. It's going to happen. So the, you talk more with your actions. And so their actions this year was, let's see another year out of you. You're not getting a legitimate offer. From what Ian Rappaport said, he, he was going to get $10 million a year for the first six, which sounds great, but it's nowhere close to market value for Is Des there Bryant. any it's scenario? It's Brandon Marshall money, and he's going to be much higher than that. Is there? Do you see any scenario where Des Bryant is on another team? No. By the way, we no. we said they, the same exact thing about. I know it's different, but Demarcus Ware on this very podcast. Yeah, but about Demarcus Ware was also ago. in Jerry Jones' sure. eyes, money-wise, at the end of his. Well, career. I'm just saying, like sometimes you don't imagine something can happen, sure. and then that's it does fair. Happen. And that was, they were not a, going anywhere. They were in a money crunch beyond most any team's dreams. Well, but they were talking about Des Bryant, who's in the peak of his career, not Demarcus. He's Ware. not going. Well, anywhere. Demarco Murray's a free agent too, and so there's only one franchise tag to go around. So Transition they have to, tag. What you could use one on each, maybe. So why not? That's it makes it makes it a little tough on Des because he knows that they could just tag him. The Cowboys are just 
playing dirty hardball here. Exactly. They're not. They're lowballing him while trashing him to the well, media well, after the year after the season. They'll up their offer. The part that I don't get about, about trashing to the media though is okay. He wouldn't be responsible with twenty million, like twenty million dollars guaranteed. That would be okay. He's not gonna blow through that. He'll be cool with that. But forty. Then he'll get too crazy. You know what I mean? Like that that whole argument doesn't make true. any sense like at all. If you're a multimillionaire <laughs> right. multiple times over, if you're going to be a bad guy about it, you're going to be a bad guy about it. Anyway. Free cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears embarrassed themselves on Sunday. We all know that. Uh, led to, I, you see on Twitter, there was a ton of heat from Bears fans and Bears media about, oh, heads are going to roll after this blowout loss to the Packers. Didn't happen that way, at least not immediately. And Mark Tressman said on Monday there would not be any changes, including uh, to his coaching staff, including defensive coordinator Mel Tucker, who uh, I can't imagine slept very well after giving up 42 points in one half on prime time. This is the quote from Tressman: "There will be, there will not be any changes at this time. I think we have excellent coaches here. Was the solution, or is the solution for a shakeup in the middle of the season?" Doesn't seem like Mel Tucker slept before the game. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that Mel Tucker would have to be one of the when the coach gets into this situation, you have to make some move that appeases everyone. But doesn't the Bears to me look like a team that is not responding to coaching right now? We said Sunday that Mark Trespin isn't in jeopardy after the season. I I don't know if I agree with that anymore. Mm. I think he could be in big trouble. Look what. Phil Emery brought back the same offensive talent that was one of the best in the league last year. He went and overhauled the defense, bringing in a lot of new talent. And they're coming off the two most embarrassing back-to-back games in the history of the NFL. Somebody's going to have to answer for that. This team's quitting on its coach. Well, Tucker is going to be gone. The question, yeah. I think, is just whether the coach could be or whether does the this GM. Look like I, a team? I never like it in the middle of the season. Though. What's the I, point? That's I agree just, about the middle PR. of the season, that's but does the this point. look like a team that's responding to whatever the head coach is doing? No. I will I will throw one thing out there. When Jim Caldwell took over as offensive coordinator with Baltimore a couple of years ago, I don't know how much of a role that played in their revitalization, but that's an example of a coaching change that maybe lines up with the team going on sure. a run. That's, good. that's true. And then the next year they were – 32nd in the league in offense. Or yeah, with it's Super, really Bowl, Super Bowl rings on their fingers, yeah. though. So it's like not a Here's one weird stat. I saw Andrew Siciliano pulled it out of our research guide, Chris Wilson. So he, Andrew knows how to use that. Uh, as do I. I'm excer- <laughs> Oh, d- I forgot. Now that you mentioned, uh, did you notice, Wes, that uh, Ryan Tannehill fell to 0-4 in domes? <laughs> That's a I huge predicted it, size there. pulled that stat out, you doubted it, and what happened? You probably want to pull it back out next time he plays in a dome. 0-4. Anyway, Jay Cutler is on pace to set career highs in completion percentage, touchdown passes, and passer rating this season. Uh, so a little strange that his numbers would be – Better than ever, but the team has never been. Well, they're worse. also been down by a hill of points in these games. That's part of it, and the other part is everyone just blames it on Cutler when he's basically been the same guy that he's been for six years. I, I really don't think he's particularly different this year than he has been, and that's that's part of the problem. But that's just who he's been. The I don't last know wh- two weeks they had what thirty-eight to seven and forty-two to nothing at halftime. That's on the offense, too. One question. Do you keep around the guy that, A, hired the coach that's struggling and gave Jay Cutler a contract that half the people in Chicago thinks thinks insane at this point? Phil Emery keep get to pick coaches and <laughs> sign it players. It was insane when it happened to a lot of people. He wears cowboy boots. That gives him an extra year. Job security. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know how wow, that works. Wow, is that true? Where did that come from? How many other GMs wear cowboy boots? How come boots? you don't wear cowboy boots, then? I'm not. Wait, what are you trying to say about Chris Wesley's job security? 
I don't raise and rope if, Broncos. That's if, why. If Is I, it on the rocks? If I had such a strong opinion that cowboy boots immediately elongates my career, I'd just start wearing them. Why do you want to fire Wes, Greg? Answer the question. <laughs> Been a lot of whispers about this. <laughs> We'll All talk right. about it after. All right, we move on. Our halftime review is <laughs> That's, right after this. I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> he is our boss. It is not a – it's not shtick. Greg is our boss. Halftime reviews today. Cool. Can't wait to – we're going to – tomorrow's show, we're going to go over what Greg said to you. He's oftentimes menacing, too. We, I don't think the listeners <laughs> often hear that. Very yes. menacing and will drop an axe. He does a – Takes a couple shots of whiskey before he comes in and slams the door. Uh, all right. That's what's happening. And now we move on to a segment that waves goodbye to all the teams that weren't good enough. Stick a fork in them. Yeah. So this is the stick a fork in them segment uh, where we, we say goodbye to the teams that will not make the playoffs. We have never been wrong. That's incorrect. We were wrong once about the Washington Redskins. No, we were wrong twice. You're even wrong, being wrong about, about being what you're wrong, wrong about. Uh, Who else were we wrong about? The Vikings, the same year. Christian oh, Ponder. Before and, my time. And this was all <laughs> around about. never were the same again. <laughs> well, and last year's was dangerously conservative. Yeah, very. but we didn't get anything wrong. And, of course, after the first year, uh, Greg <laughs> makes sure we always know that he gave <laughs> money to a charity, as was his promise, if we got something wrong. Congratulations, Greg, for being I such a great like guy. I said it like twice, and you've brought it up 50 <laughs> times. Sizable since. amount. Sizable amount. So now we're going to – we've already, uh, in a, a show a few weeks back, probably last month now, the Jaguars, Raiders, and Titans were all sent packing. We weren't wrong about any of those, but let's be honest, that wasn't going out of a limb even in week five or whenever it was. But they're still gone. Feel good about those. And now ten more. Ten more. We've never done ten. So we're going to go. We're getting much more aggressive this year. A we're more aggressive. getting rid of forty percent of the league. So here, here is the li- and we should treat this moment with <laughs> songs like the Undertaker's theme. <laughs> we should treat the it's moment operatic. with I love it. <laughs> with the proper reverence because I don't think we've ever gotten this far into a song. <laughs> no, so it's, it's getting weird. <laughs> we should treat it with the proper reverence because these teams have feelings, as do the fan bases. The Atlanta Falcons, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Jets, the St. Louis Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, (laughs) the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants, Houston Texans, Carolina Panthers. Those are the ten teams. What, what character or voice do you, you describe that as? You did the Buccaneers and an Irish brogue and the Panthers <laughs> and a redneck changing. voice. Kept changing. I, well, I kind of just I I left. My body was gone. I was gone from my body, and someone else took over. You went like full Meisner on us. Yeah, I don't know what came out, but all I can tell you is that those teams are all gone. Uh, of that list, gentlemen, uh, Greg, we'll start with you, the boss. Anybody that was tough to add to this list? That you're a little nervous about, just a little bit. Well, we just handed the NFC South to the Saints, and I'm not nervous about that in particular. I believe in it. I jumped on board. But, you know, the Saints are under 500, and we're only about halfway through the season, and we just eliminated the entire (laughs) rest of the division. So considering that was somewhat bold, I mean, two teams only one game back. I think to to break down a little further, I think we've – 
all kind of taken a step back in terms of viewing the Saints as a Super Bowl contender, but do we think they're, they've come this far down where they're not even going to win a terrible division? I think we all feel confident that they're going to win eight or nine games that are going to be necessary to take that division. The, the other teams in that division are fundamentally flawed. That's why and their schedule is tough. I looked at Atlanta. Atlanta's the one team because they have a quarterback and they have a passing game. The the offensive line looks right. I know, but if if you could find if you could look at the schedule and find a bunch of wins, but their schedule after this week when they play Carolina, it's very difficult. It's hard to see them really making a run. I think we all felt like the Saints coming into the season would be a 12-win type of team this season, and it's the thing that concerns me a little bit going beyond the fact that they are the best team, in my opinion, no question in that division, that if they are going to win at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, that means a lot of weird stuff still has to happen between now and then. We could are, sweat it out a little. I, 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 don't have a, I don't have a problem axing any of the others when I think about who they really are, though. How about how far the mighty have fallen? The Panthers went from the team of, L, team of a- ATL excuse me, to uh, 12 wins and the division and a bye in the playoffs by week 10. They're, they're axed. They're out. The fork's in the back. They're forked hard. To a very strong 2-0 and record where we were in here saying mm, how important that lead they had built over the Saints was. I remember in our week two recap podcast, we we're saying, we you don't know, know this don't is listen a, to that podcast <laughs> again. <laughs> this is a serious hole Burn for, it, this, TD. for the Saints to get out of. And I have a little problem with the Falcons. I have no problem forking the Panthers because their defense is one of the worst in the league and their offense isn't that much better. And their coach keeps starting a running back who can't play better than the guy who's coming up from behind him on the bench. Who? What? You're mad about Stewart and Williams, yeah. basically? Jonathan Stewart's know. playing great, and D'Angelo Williams is just running into the back of his offensive line the whole time. I feel like they got to reboot that whole backfield. Let's you know, move on from the Stewart-Williams era. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I have, uh, can we add another team? Maybe. I mean, we got to agree on it. I forked the Bengals right now. No, no I wouldn't fork on. the Bengals. Silly. Let's get bold. I don't think it's no, that you're crazy. Not the, you're not fit for this because you want them to fail actively. So you're not thinking Look, clearly. Look, no. What, I wanted to fork the Texans. I wanted to fork half these teams we a did month fork ago. fork the Texans. I wanted to fork the Rams a month ago. Well, let's talk about the Texans for a second because that's a 4-5 and five team right now. They just switched to uh, – Ryan Mallett, I guess I'm not making it. <laughs> yeah, you laughed. Yeah, there was a little hesitation when we brought up the Texans downstairs. Because they're only four Wes and five. Wes was selling it hard. I was on board with Wes. But, yeah, they're only four and five, so th- there is a little bit of a risk. They I just don't see Houston as an abject disaster. Not at all. At, That's uh, not what this is about. It's about will they make the playoffs or not. That's right, and I don't think they will. And look at the rest of the AFC. Right, and then so they won't. All right, what about uh, – I'll throw another team out there. The – I, I have one team yeah, that stuck ahead. out to me as the best team on this list that could make us sweat a little Ooh, bit. Like I've that. been drumming this team's drum beat. Banging the, Rams. Drum. Banging the drums. Time. No, not the Rams. The Minnesota Vikings. Playing well. They play a good defense. They play the Bears, for instance, this week. Another, another dead team. I'll take the Vikings over them. That gets them to 5-5. Five and five. They're playing pretty good team ball. I don't necessarily think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they could stay in the mix. I think you're looking at an interesting 8-8 eight and eight team. Sure. All right. So if they're lucky. Um, so unless we want to talk about any of those teams anymore, there are a couple teams I want to bring. We'll start with the Bengals, that, uh, teams that could be on the precipice of joining these other uh, teams in the graveyard of life. Uh, for the 2014 season. We'll start with the Bengals because, Wes, you brought it up. They're 5-3-1 and one, uh, coming off a really bad loss to the Browns. And I'm just going to read off the rest of their schedule 
at three straight road games now, by the way. At, at Saints, at Texans, at Bucks. So two winnable games. The Saints are going to be very tough. And then they are home to Steelers, at Browns, home to Broncos, at Steelers. So that is not an easy schedule. I mean, if you want to make the case uh, that they can get, miss the playoffs, you can make it. They probably 9-6-1 could get them in, you would think. I don't think so this year. Not this year. I think you might need 11 wins this year in the and AFC. you missed another opportunity to bring up Andrew Siciliano and the research book. Mm. He shouted out in the newsroom today, the Bengals have the highest margin of di- – in their in their losses, they have the har- yeah. highest average point differential of any team in the league. Well, I think that shows us that they're an offense because some of those – one of them was a shutout loss, 27 nothing to the Colts. The Browns game, 24-3. to They had another one that was like – Patriots, they got blasted. Right. When they play the other AFC contenders, they're not competitive. Right. And their defense isn't the same group it was with Mike Zimmer. And you've got a quarterback that goes completely Catatonic. into a nap. Right. But he also is known to go into nice streaks, too. He, that's what he's been about. His own. So I'm don't little, assume he'll yeah. be this guy forever. No, he won't, I like but that you haven't abandoned your project of defending Andy Dalton. Not totally, this. because this is the time where you, you it's very easy to completely write him off. And that could have been his butt fumble game. You're right, Wes. I don't know if he ever recovers from that bad an embarrassment. But it's also football's weird. He could put together a couple of good weeks in a row, and we're not even thinking that about that game is weird, anymore. So football's sure. weird. They could win in the Superdome. Uh, I this think this week. is the Saints are a four and five team. Like you know uh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Push, I look the at the box. schedule put and your I pick where your mouth is. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I see a nine six and one team now. Whether that that gets them in, maybe not this year. But I I'm, I just think it's premature. The other two teams that you can make a case for to me, the the loser of Bills Dolphins on Thursday night. Uh, I would say you could wow. probably make a Fork decent em. case. At five and five at that point in that stack division, I and would look even at the losers' schedule compared to the winners to see what's happening down the stretch because that's a little bit early for me. But you're it's not far the, away. The Dolphins, if they lose that game, I would ke- feel comfortable forking them because I would too. they go to Denver after that, and no Brandon and Albert, a, and they have a, they go to New England later. They'll have been swept by the Bills, which is a bad look and a bad tie break. They they really really need to win that game. Mm. Both teams do. And then uh, the other team, not as worried about them, but the Chargers obviously are on a three-game losing streak, five and four. They get the Raiders at home, so they're going to be six and four. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know, No respect for Tony Sperano's troops. <laughs> by the balls. So they're a team, though, to keep an eye on because they can't, you can't lose three You're games in a row. You're talking about forking the team of ATL? Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Wait, we, did like we fork the Giants? We did. We forked the Giants. Yep, they're gone. There's a movement on Twitter to have us <laughs> fork the Chargers as the team of ATL and adopt the Cardinals. What do you guys think? Well, that's what we were I'm gonna trying adopt to do I'm going to adopt the Drew Stanton team? No, thank you. They are fun. Maybe Carson Palmer, I wouldn't. I, I'm having a hard time picking that game this week, Cardinals-Lions, just because I'm sick of rooting against the Cardinals. They're a likable bunch. But you think the Lions are a doormat anyway, so just keep picking against them. I don't think they're a doormat. Tomato canning, you're the out. stop fighting. Uh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll check in again or the stick a fork and some more teams as it comes along. Now that we've done about a third of the league, I'd say we're in that realm a little Thir- more than that. Yeah, thirteen teams are gone, so not that many left. What is what is thirty two minus thirteen? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen teams have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh yeah, stay plugged into the podcast. Keep clicking like and download. plus the two teams that we incorrectly forked. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Well, no, this year's. So I'm sure there will be, too. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, let's move on. Before we get to the Thursday Night Preview, I'm just going to 
the MVP race is uh, great this year. It's gonna it's pretty wide open. There are a lot of guys you can make a case for. Why don't we go around the room? And I really want to start with Mark Sessler on this, and I don't know why. I want to start with Mark. Uh, tell me who is your pick as we enter week 11 for MVP. This is one of the few categories where I can stick with what I said in the summertime. We've been wrong I individually and as a group about so many things. It is, it is sketchy. Um, but I went with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sticking with Aaron Rodgers. I don't need to explain I it why. I think no, you do need to three explain Three of it. us went with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, four I mean, of us I, a whole bunch of us did. For me, I think with Green Bay at this point, to me also, with the way their offense is operating, number one, he's got their Jordy Nelson and Cobb at playing at a level with the way he's playing. That I'd look at the offense and say they could beat and drop a bomb on anyone week to week. They're my NFC team to beat at this point. And he's the reason why. Without him, they'd be what they were last His year. His numbers are almost identical in terms of pace to his MVP season of a few years ago. I think 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, that type of you know 112 passer rating, that type of dominance. So he's definitely put that up, uh, put up the numbers so far. Wes? We talked about Phil Emery's cowboy boots earlier. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a cowboy. They start out, what, 0-2. He tells everyone, relax, puts it on his own shoulders. Walks through town, ghost town, and says, all right, watch out. I'm taking care of business. Five and one, 37 points a game since he told everyone to relax. That's an MVP move. All right, my pick, I love the Aaron Rodgers pick. Uh, I think it's a, it's a fair one. Mark, well, it's the right one. Well, wait, is this celebrate? supposed to be a prediction or what has happened so far? What's happened so far, and now you have a chance on November 12th now to recalibrate your pick if you'd like. Stick with it you made originally. Um, I am going to go with Peyton Manning. I'm going to because this is the safe one. This is the this is the easy money bet to me because when you look at it, it's kind of gotten a little lost because it hasn't been at the same level as last year. But I'm looking at his projected numbers: uh, 68%. He's going to throw for almost 5,200 yards. He's on pace for 52 touchdowns, a pass rating of 112. He remains. Uh, the greatest statistical quarterback ever. He's playing at that same level, and I do believe that they're going to have the number one seed in the AFC, which obviously matters a lot when you talk about the MVP. Uh, now, will voters are voters? There are two ways. This could work two ways. The voters will either be bored or vote, voting for Peyton Manning if there's other people that are at the same in the same stat level and team success, or they can get behind this guy as a historic figure and give him number six. I think they're more inclined to get behind Peyton, the legend, and keep rolling with him if he puts up the numbers. Yeah, I mean, and they would realize, as I mentioned in the summer, that this is his final season. <laughs> There's another way to look at it, too, <laughs> yes, if you're a voter. Peyton Manning brings all these weapons every year, surrounded by so much talent, and then he gets his clock cleaned by the double MVP candidate, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Better MVP candidates than Peyton Wait, Manning. Can you, can you do that? Double? That's my pick. Saying. Well, I don't... Did you just step on Greg's uh, choice? I don't know. No, I gave him. What a, was yours? I gave him a springboard. Well, yeah, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna switch it to Brady. Why not? <laughs> I mean, Rogers. Well, Rogers was my pick, and so I don't like you. Don't you shouldn't be able to change your pick. But when you think you about do anything these awards, you want in this country, that's what makes it so damn. When you good. think about these awards, though, you do have to think what is the sort of easy to swallow tired storyline that all the writers who are voting for can kind of swallow up and spoon out to the public. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's gross. It's a lot of digestion Wait, and food sw- products They're going to swallow it before they spoon it? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> My point, penguin sometimes, stuff. sometimes it's, it's about that word I hate now, narrative or whatever. And you know what the narrative everyone's going to like? 
Tom Brady was counted out. I've heard so many times mm, already this that's season. That's a great call. Everyone shut up with, oh, everyone was writing that the Tom Brady era was over. Break up the dynasty after four Everybody weeks. Was Everybody was writing in that. The con- Wait, show me all these articles where everyone is saying the way, exactly that. Was, I hear a lot more people just saying that everyone was saying that. It was that. totally okay to be writing negatively about Tom Brady <laughs> right. after that Chiefs game. That's the other thing. It's okay that people were being critical of him in the offense at that time. And now, it's okay to be critical of a quarterback. It's not okay every time a quarterback is over 35 to write that he's finished right. and he's done for I wanna his see. I want to see where all that was. I'll but, be happy to show it to you. But my point is that Brady's bounced back since then as, I think, the best player in the league since that point or so. Since about week five on, he's been the MVP. So once the season keeps stretching out, if he keeps being the best player in the league from week five to week 17, I think he wins the award. He might not Greg's be right. the best player in his own team. By the way, that, Greg well, you know smell. how this voting is, is, though, with the MVP. The quarterback always gets the benefit of the doubt. He's got, he nailed it on the narrative. Greg has a decade of smelling success flowing from the New England part of the country. That's true. And he also oh, yeah. he can take things from inside people's stomachs and then spoon Apparently. them out at us. Just <laughs> flick them right in our faces. Flick that narrative right in your face. I'm going to be smelling it in Glendale. Patriots. Back for revenge. Oh, wait, but the Giants won't be there because they've already been call? forced. So maybe Patriots, you can win this time. Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. Well, I've picked them to the Super Bowl every year for five years. Who are years, they playing so against? Packers, Packers. Patriots. We both that's, have Packers Pats. That's my Ooh. preseason pick. I don't like that matchup for New England. All right, let's move on to Thursday night football, a big game, almost an elimination game in the AFC East between the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. This game will be played in Miami, both teams coming off. Very difficult losses where they probably felt they should have won. Didn't work out that way. And now they are both 5-4, and four, both needed in a very crowded AFC playoff picture. I'll start with you, Chris Wessling. How are you looking at this game? The Dolphins are in trouble. Greg mentioned last Sunday how great the Bills' defensive line looked. One of the best performances he's seen all year. You've got a defensive line where Mario Williams might be the least effective player on the line. Ooh, Marcel Darius has 10 sacks. I think Jerry Hughes has eight or nine sacks. Kyle Williams is playing at an all-pro level. And then you look at the Dolphins. They're without Brandon Albert. They have only one touchdown last week, and it was off a blocked field goal that was set them up on the three-yard line. Against the best defense in the league. But well, this is another this one. This is another best. one. I right. think the Dolphins are in trouble. This matchup is not good for them. Dolphins are winning this game. And what Ooh. I love about Miami hubba, is hubba. that well, no, I, it does it make sense as, as with a lot, of, a lot of sense. a lot of these Thursday night games. Number one, I'll always tilt towards the home team. And what I love about Miami is that you've got a head coach that most people think will be fired at the end of the season. Yeah, I love that. Well, you've got an offensive coordinator <laughs> that reports come out today that the players don't like him. He's too hard on them. He's driving them too. I love that. So, well, the point being, they keep they keep getting better on offense. They have flatlined in a few games, but. They're starting to play better, and, I, and I, I understand that Buffalo's defensive matchup, that's about as nasty as one as they've seen all season. But at home Thursday night for a chance to take over second place in this division, they're going to do it. They've been better all year overall, their defense. So when you're looking at the two matchups, which defense is better, I'll take Miami because I like them better in the back end uh, with Brent Grimes and Rashad Jones. And they have a linebacker, Jelani Jenkins, which is playing well. And their front four – is just as big a problem for Buffalo, who hasn't been that great this year. It's not. It's not as big of a problem. I, I think. I think it could be this week because when seen, you're going against Cameron Wake and Deion Jordan starting to make some plays and Olivier Vernon, we've woo. seen Ryan Tannehill behind a bad offensive line. Now you switch a rookie right tackle who got worked over last week 
over to left he, tackle. He played great when he when he moved him to left tackle. I watched that game yesterday. I was I, I decided when I was he when, gave once up he went five up to, hurries last week. I think they're going to move him to the blind side, and we've seen Tannehill behind a bad offensive line. It's not pretty. I think so. one thing I'm thinking. I think the Dolphins are a better team, and they're at home, and I trust their quarterback a little bit more. So I think I'm leaning toward the Dolphins. And the only thing I'll say about the line because it is a major issue and a major problem. Uh, their ability to block here. But I, I do trust Laser as well, even though he had some bad uh, press today, to work up a scheme that, that keeps in mind the fact that they're they're going to have some issues with the pass rush, getting the ball out quickly. I think they're going to scheme with that in mind, and I think that will help them I think the well. one big X factor here, too, is we've seen Sammy Watkins in a couple games, even in terms of yardage he should have had, had he made one catch or been closer, like monstrous performances. And it's he's shown that he can have that kind of breakout game. He wasn't healthy last week. We'll have to find out how healthy he is this week. And also that, you know, they don't – Fred Jackson, where is he going to be? We don't know if he's going to play or not. They've not been able to run the ball well. I really liked the way Bryce Brown looked last week. He had a bad fumble that might have cost them the game, but he was explosive. And they re- weirdly didn't give them the ball much. I mean, they threw it 48 times, and that that's why I'm taking – that's part of the reason I'm taking the Dolphins. I trust their offense more. I trust Tannehill. They have been getting rid of the ball quickly, like Dan said. E- even in the Detroit game, I mean, they, they drove the ball at the end of the game. I, they've been better overall over the course of the season, their offense and the Bills. Two of you now have said you trust Tannehill. That's not a word I would ever <laughs> use for Ryan Tannehill I guess throughout his career. I guess I trust him a little more than Kyle Orton. I, I al- don't. I also I agree, kind of agree with what Greg was saying on Sunday after after Sunday's games that maybe the Kyle Orton magic is about to run out. I kind of smell a stinker coming from him on the road in prime time. So that's that's where I'm coming from. So it sounds like, Wes, you might be in a, in a spot for a hero pick here with the Buffalo really? Bills pending what Kevin Patrick says. Uh, the three of us all have the Dolphins, it sounds like. For now. So, Wes, you could <laughs> be on Hero Boulevard, and you need it to come back in the standings. I used a little strategy with my picks this week. I, accept, I expect a few heroes. All right, that's it for Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back, of course, on Thursday night where we recap the Thursday game and then we – Look ahead to all of Sunday's action and the Monday Monday Night Football, of course. That is our big week 11, is it? Yes. Super show, preview show. Man, it's already week 11. Uh, So we will get into that, so make sure you check in. Thank you, as always, for listening. Now, uh, Wes and Mark and I, it's time for us to go downstairs. The boss is rubbing his hands together. (laughs) It is our our, our halftime review within the corporate structure of NFL media where he tells us everything that makes us not good enough. It's been nice knowing you guys. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the Sizzler. Maybe for the Maybe last for, time. Yeah, for the last time. The mailman, the boss, who really did a, had a great show today, by the way, boss. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Very man. professional show. Greg. And TD behind the glass until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.